0: Hi, I'm Andy Tsurianos.
1: Hi, I'm Robin Potter. Hi, I'm Adam Gifford.
0: This is the School of School Podcast. Welcome to the School of School. Are you a math teacher looking for an assessment tool that can give you a detailed look into learner or class achievement? With Insights, it's all in one place. Make sense of assessment data so you can strategically plan and teach lessons. Insights, it's assessment for advancement. Visit MathsNoProblem.com
1: for more information. Uh, Good to have you back to another episode of the School of School podcast podcast. I'm here with Robin and myself, unfortunately Andy's not with us today, but very, very better than worthy replacement is our wonderful guest today, Roger Hitchin from Wellington Prep School. Roger, what a pleasure it is to have you here. Um, Our listeners may have heard you before, may have met you before, but for those who haven't, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. Hi, Adam. Thanks for the intro. Uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, my name's Roger Hitchin. I work in Wellington uh, Prep School uh, in in Somerset, and uh, we're early adopters of Basto Problem. We've been with Master Problem since two thousand and fifteen. We've had a good journey uh, with it, which is uh, still very much uh, carrying on. Uh, transformed our maths. We're looking forward to talking through some of the some of the things that have been thrown up um
1: on the way mm. well i'm going to lob one in this is like going to be like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to throw a grenade into the mix because i think that there are very strong opinions in this topic so when i ask where not necessarily well no i may as well yeah where do we sit on streaming or, or ability groups so streaming in schools for people that may not know what they mean like, like putting children in streams so they're I don't know, based on attainment. I hope, but but we'll see. We'll see where the mm. discussion leads. But where where are you at? What are you, what are your thoughts? Where does it? Yeah, I'll, I'll shut up and I'll let you talk. <laughs> That's what I'll do.
0: <laughs> I've i thought both. We changed. Uh, we've completely changed on it. I mean, let, if I go back ten years uh, into uh, into our school, we 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 streamed. We sat from. I think year four, if memory serves very me correctly, year four, year five, and year six, we, we were set. We had, uh, we had a higher set. We try not to use the word lower, <laughs> but it was, I suppose, essentially. Um, you know, we had a higher and lower set. That's something that we, we did. And I guess when I look back now, we, we didn't think anything of that. Like. You know, that's what we did. And our maths results were, were fine. And on we went, really, um, with it. We, I think we told ourselves that the the math sets were fluid, so pupils could move up the set um, and they could move down the set. In reality, when I look back, that wasn't easy. It was easy to move children up, but it wasn't so easy to move them down, for obvious reasons. And, and that would also be a tricky conversation with a parent as well, because you're moving them down. Why? What, why haven 't you told us before what is there that we need to do um, and of course you could then you could then end up with quite an inflated set where you end up with maybe a large and we certainly had this a couple of times you had a very large math set, a top set that it was felt that they were fine because they you know they would grasp the concepts and they would run with them, and yet the lower set had the support and the help, but they had also the less numbers because they needed the, the support. So actually, it was quite unbalanced, in a, in a way. Um, but we drove, we kind of navigated our way through that. And obviously, in 2015, for us, that, that changed. We came over to the maths we looked at it and said, you know what, this, this is the way to go. We need to do it properly, and that means the sets go, which is easy to say, but not necessarily easy to do in practice, because parents... Pupils expect to be in a certain place and teachers have taught that way for a certain amount of time and, and our results are are fine. So why? why? Why why change? But of course, you know, all the, these years later, um, to cut the history lesson out, you know, the school very is very much on board. First immediate thing I noticed was... Uh, those children that had been in the lower set previously instantly felt better. They weren't living down to expectation anymore. I just wanted to ask you, you know, you mentioned when once you brought in Maths No Problem that, that that changed, that suddenly mm. the ability groupings vanished, uh, maybe not suddenly, but over, over time as you implemented Maths No Problem. But are schools still doing this? I think they are. But I always think the question is, you know, we're saying about ability but when, at what age is it necessary? Is it needed? Is it appropriate? Ultimately, the roads lead to your GCSE at the age of of 16. So I I kind of understand there is an end goal uh, there in it. But I think it's still a subject that divides opinion a little bit about when it should happen, even if it it should happen. I mean, when we, like I say, when we did away with the ability groupings, the, the the pushback, I suppose, we got a little bit was from the the, the children and the parents, so to speak, from uh, from what had been the higher set. Where's the stretch? You know, they were doing quite advanced work and now they're not going to be do that and yet they already know that and of course that's maybe that's a different argument isn't it about extending to how you extend uh, uh, pupils so it it was uh, it was about re-educating we made that step but it's not an easy one to make in schools and I think you're up I think schools do still set because it's it is something that is you know, they, they would say it's useful or it works for them, it works for their pupils, it, work, it works for their parents. So I think, yeah, it's not a hard, or fast fast rule on it, if not a hard, fast approach on it. Yeah, it still happens. But appropriateness and when,
1: I'm not so sure. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think, you know, I listen to parts of this and think, okay... Some things that you said make complete sense to me, Roger, right? So, so say you've got a group of children. Let's just say for argument's sake you've got 60 children. And, and let's just say also for argument's sake that within a school you've got the, the uh, people who can then say, all right, well, this, these 30 children are doing okay. Mm. And so one teacher can have them. Then we've got another two teachers. Uh, and then we can have lower ratio groups of 15 and 15. There's part of that to me that kind of goes, well, that kind of makes sense. Mm. You know like you've got a group of children here they're starting to get a bit behind they've got they've got the you know the teacher there and and, and they can do it and and perhaps that low ratio of, if if schools have got the capacity to do something like that then you sure. kind of think well maybe there's an argument for it maybe there's the, that that's that's what's needed is, is there in there is some sort of extra input that's needed for whatever reason and we know that you know children have got come to all different places and all different times I think it, for me at the heart of it is it it all comes back to expectation. Right? So first of all, there's the expectation of the children. So if I know that I'm in the lowest group. Yeah. yeah there you will stay. I know yeah. it. I know it. I, I know that, that that's it. So what's that that what that's telling me is, especially if I've been in the lowest group for six years. Yeah. Right, I'm always in that same group. So you don't need to tell me. Oh, I get it. I know I'm here. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, I don't know what to do, but it's okay. Blah blah blah. blah. It is a so that kind of that's just thing...
0: becoming a bit of a badge of honor. That's, you know, that's you.
1: Well, I think I think the thing is is that 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 if if you get told something often like like I know that the, the, I I wish I could I, I I will find it on another episode. I'll I'll find the research and cite it. That was talking about meeting expectations right and if you set an expectation, children will meet it, but they very on the whole they very rarely surpass it so if you set an expectation that's a low one they'll meet it you know they'll meet it but but the idea of them then surpassing it no not 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 statistically not not that often some children will of course uh and, and there might be other reasons for that but I kind of think, right, so if you get told you're no good at maths, and that's reinforced every day because I know it's all right, I'm in the same group with Dave and Sue and Tim and Tony, and it's always us. So, you know, we're cool with it, we get it. You know, like what, what message is that sending them? And I think that's the worrying part for me, is it comes back to expectation. Because I think when we look in high schools now, it's, again, it's a different dynamic because you've got hundreds of children all in the same year group. So it would kind of make sense that if it was a really big split, if it was just completely random, the difference between some children may make it untenable to, to teach to one group. Uh, I, I know people in um, selective education, that's uh, uh, secondary education. And, and they've changed to say, right, well, because we've already got a process where a thresholds had to be met before we get into school, the setting once in there is ridiculous because we've already proven that, that you know, we're not, we're not as big of a group as some schools. So I just think for me, I think it's about expectation. And I think that unfortunately, when you asked about does it still happen, Robin, I think it either happens overtly and we say, yes, we set and that's what we do. And, it you know, it works for our school. Which you know, again, you could question: Does it work for that child there? If you ask them how it feels to be, you know, and, and that child might say it's brilliant. I've never learned so much. You know, this is fantastic. So I'm not trying to just present it in one way because there's arguments for both sides of it. But I. But would they know any different? Yeah. Well, I think they. I, I would argue that if if it's done badly, yes, because they'd see their mates doing stuff, and often that lowest group gets taken out is if you can't even listen to this. You're not even good enough yeah. to listen what your mates in yeah. class are up to. You know, I'd, that, that must be tough, I would, I, would have, I would suggest. But I think that where it's not overt, it is those types of things where it's small groups that, that, that don't get to access the same. And, and where I see that being done badly is because the expectations of the adults that work with them is patently different to the expectation to the to the to the children in school, and it's almost like, shall we make it comfortable for these children?
0: It's almost a spoon feed, isn't it, for them?
1: Yeah, and, and I just kind of think, like, I get asked this question a lot when I go out to train. It's kind of like, look, we've got some big gaps in in the um with the, with this child. There, and 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 this is just a term. It's not a term. I I I'm not going to go into any great detail, but I often get told a child is operating two years below their yeah. age group so yeah. they're in year four they're operating at year two so i get asked well should we use a year two book with that child and i say okay well you, you tell me the trajectory of that you, you tell me how that works so year two and, and 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 i'll have teacher that is right for them okay that is that that is where they're at and this is great so we can do all of their year four using a year two book super duper great And what happens in the following year? Well, that's okay, because we use the year three book in year five. And then we use the year four book in year six. (laughs) And then what? (laughs) Yeah. And what happens then? Yeah, I know you stop teaching them. Yes. But that child still has to go to year seven. And is the expectation that they're a year seven child when they go to secondary school? Or do we have to inform the year seven teacher that actually no, you're going to have to use a year five primary school book for your syllabus? You're going to have to do that. Or is it just easy because we don't see it past year six if we work in primary school? So it doesn't matter because they've been comfortable the whole way through. Now, yes, there's a degree of cynicism in what I'm saying because I know that, that you know there are children that struggle. But I just think when you look at some, I'll go to the Singaporean model, classes of 40 children, one teacher, yet the vast majority of children are not just standard mathematicians they're incredibly good by by most measures and i think that the the thing that i find most often when it comes to you know setting by ability or attainment is that that becomes the expectation and that's it then that that's it you're you're never gonna be you're 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 just gonna be that
0: and that can have a knock-on can't it
1: Of course it can. Yeah, absolutely. It's like your self-worth. I mean, if all of us, if the three of us went to a language lesson or something, I don't know, you guys might speak languages. Let's just say for argument's sake, we don't. You know, we all went to the language lesson and I'm bonjouring away and you're all bonjouring away and we're all bonjouring together. But I'm a bit slow. I'm taking a bit longer to learn. They go, oh, Robin, Roger, you come with me. Adam, you're going to keep bonjouring for a bit and we're going to do these things. And I sort of look through the window and there you are and you've got French bread, you've got baguettes, you've got all these things. It's all <laughs> looking fantastic. And I'm like, oh, can I be with them? No, no, after me, Adam, bonjour. but bonjour. Oh. No, not quite, but you're you trying really hard. Keep going, bonjour. Will I get a baguette? Do I get? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> not until we get through the bonjour But It's like, oh man, come on. And if I do that ty- day after day, year after year, what does that do? Does that fill me with the love and, and joy of the French language? No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, no, but I don't a bag end <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Give me a bag in, man. Don't, don't deny me that.
0: I mean, what I like about the, the maths is that I've always felt that first half an hour or so is powerful. That's Vygotsky's idea of, of the talk and the chat. When we started in 2015, and I was <laughs> not selling it to my uh, class, they were a year four class, but I was kind of like saying to them, "Look, I'm only not even a page ahead of you here, guys. I'm half a page." They nicknamed it "Chatty Maths," and they loved that. The pupils that you've taught talk, talked about there, Adam. They tend to be they tend to be the quieter ones that I kind of have to sit there and kind of get through the lesson while it is kind of done to them. And uh, suddenly, they could talk and they could interact. And not only that, they could. They could actually offer an idea or two, and it's, and you know it was those kind of things that were for the first time, like you say because they 'd be doing their bonjouring, that were you know it was, they were almost, it was almost like Saul on the road to Damascus you know the the, the drapes from the eyes were uncovered really in in, in their worlds, and those first children are <laughs> obviously a lot older now, but um, they regardless of ability, I still feel and think they need to be exposed to that those chat and those ideas because if you're in your your lower set you're not going to hear them yeah completely so agree. you're you there's there's nothing for you know you, there's nothing to grapple and grasp with because they're, you, they're all going to kind of look at each other and i you know they miss out on that uh, that rich language that comes from these lessons
1: and and i think i think that picking up on the maths one cuz this is the thing that i always struggle with too right so for those of you that, that uh, you know maybe different people listen to different uh, school systems but but in the uk phonics we teach phonics and we talk about phases of phonics so the sound so you know lower phase things will be like cat box those sorts of things and children work their way through and I sort of think to myself, so if a child's at phase two phonics as a teacher, does that mean that I should only ever use phase two words or am I still allowed to words? And you know, are they still allowed to listen to other words that are wonderful and that they, they can understand, you know, like, do, do we have to limit that? Because it's kind of quite easy to do that in mathematics that, that you can just, as you said, take that group out not have that rich language associated with it and just say no this is all you're allowed access to and and i i think that that we 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 have to assume that if we're exposed to certain things and certain language of course we pick up on it and if we're denied that, how's that going to happen? And and so I, I just think with things like like with English, for example, because we're we're teaching in it all the time, you know, we're often immersed in it. We get a chance to listen and to, to take part in those things. But but with some subjects, you know, you know that that really key and crucial learning and, and the kind of chance learning as well and the anecdotal learning that might take place from a conversation that you didn't expect to happen. You know, if we if we deny that then we're denying opportunities to learn. And that's not to say that these children don't need extra help. That's not where I'm coming from. You know, like, we should set the alarm bells off. Someone comes to me and says to me, what should we do with a child that's in year four and they're operating year two? I always tell them, pull the fire alarms. Like, like, get get in your head's office and say, we've got a serious issue here because this child's at risk, real risk of just a billion and one different things. So we gotta send in the army. We gotta go all for it, not just not just the comfy bits. But yeah, I, I, yeah, it's it's a really I find it a really really interesting debate because I think you can really get passion on both sides. But for me, the key aspect is as long as the expectations are the same for all children, that we think that they can all do it and they can all get there, some might just take a little longer than others, then I think, I think we're OK with the, the, the sort of changing dynamics and fluidity with groups and structures of those things. Yeah, I agree. But that to me is the single most important bit.
0: Makes sense, yeah. You, you then fast forward those children that have had that mass experience in that in that lower set all the way through and that kind of limit of expectation they're going to be the ones in the future that will say to their own children, maybe, in the future, I didn't like maths at school, I was no good at maths at school. And that is still something that you hear today from mm-hmm. some parents. You never hear them say, I can't, I couldn't read at school, I didn't like books, or I can't really be awful with computers. But it is still, in, in some ways, acceptable for people to make a joke about, well, I wasn't any good at maths, so it's hardly surprising that, I don't know, Claire or David you know, you know, um, you know, we struggled with it and so and so they do as well. So yeah, it's still a subject that's open to that, you know, to ridicule a little bit. Um, it's you know, it's okay to say that. Which of course it shouldn't be really. I, I think this is a this is one we could have a whole other discussion on because we haven't talked about the kids that, as you mentioned, Roger, were put in the higher group mm. that maybe had to then be moved down in reality, but never were moved down because that's a whole other psychological <laughs> mess. So, yeah, we might have to come back to this one. Yeah. In the meantime, Adam, je voudrais un baguette. Oh vous
1: plaît. Oh, oui.
0: oui. Merci,
1: Robin. Thank you. I'm not yeah, sure what you said, get, but that... I'm gonna you've got my enthusiasm back. <laughs> I, I would like language.
0: a baguette, please. Of course. Yeah. Then you'll th- th- you can get into the uh, the next group. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got <laughs> to stick to the maps, haven't
1: we? <laughs> yeah, you've ignited my passion, Robin. Sounds good.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bye everybody.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us on the School with School Podcast. Mm-hmm.